0: If you forgot why you came in this room, or you're
1: hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks, and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds
0: of a feather. Weirds of a feather. Ah! Hey, Grace.
1: Hey, Kristen. Oh, we should probably say hello yeah. to the listeners first. Oh,
0: hello. Oh. <laughs> this is just a private conversation between you and I. You're not part of it, but yeah. out.
1: Yeah. Get out of here. Turn this off. We're talking finance. <laughs> trying to have a private conversation between friends. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD-adjacent podcast. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your host, Kristen. And we mm-hmm. already said who we are. Yep. This, so. is, this is us just chatting just being ourselves. Yeah.
0: uh, We're we're new. We're new to this, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We're working on it. You know what? We're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Kristen, how Uh, are you doing today? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm a little upset that I have to wash my hair tonight. Sorry to hear that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm just and it's because I have to get professional photos because I've been like avoiding the photographer and it's been like over a year at my new job. So. I just, I just don't want professional photos, but here I go. I have, i my manager has spoken to me.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? If you don't wash your hair, you're really just like setting the tone for who you are as right. a person. Right. I was, I was thinking,
0: like, what if I show up like an absolute mess, like sweaty? I'll make myself cry for a couple hours before, so I'm really puffy, and they're gonna be like, oh.
1: And then you always look great in person, yeah, Compared to your picture, be like, oh my god. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I stand by it. Set yeah. that bar okay. low.
0: Anyway, Grace, how are you doing
1: today? I'm pretty good. It's a little dreary outside, it but it's rainy. You know what? We've been having fun in the studio in the pod loft
0: making some transition sounds. Yeah. You are all going to I love the transition hope you sounds. You guys are ready for this. <laughs>
1: You're not ready. The caterpillar becomes the butterfly. So too shall we transition. We are recording this on the Monday before we officially release our first episode, which is huge because we've been working on this for about four to five months now.
0: Has it really been four to five months? Yes. Since Mm -hmm. we
1: started coming up with this concept, it's been like six months maybe. Really? Yeah. When did it? Oh, six months ago. May what is math. June? June? I don't know. No. We started thinking about it in June, right? Okay. June, July, July August, September, October. Five months. So this five is months. good podcasting. Whoa. <laughs> Welcome to Wands of a
0: Feather, where we do basic, basic math, and yep. we count on our fingers.
1: Yep. You're going to learn a lot. Yep. Can't see us. hmm But
0: that's okay. Yeah. So it's
1: been about five months now.
0: And, you know, we have no idea if people even like like the podcast uh, at the current moment we're recording this. And maybe by the time episode three comes out, which is this episode... Uh, we'll be like shut down by the government or something, but <laughs> yeah, here's, ho- here's hoping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully the three people that listen are enjoying it. One of whom is hopefully my hairdresser, Randy. What's Randy. up, Randy? Yeah. <laughs> thanks for
0: listening. Thanks for supporting us. We love you. I've never met you, but I'm sure you're great. You would love her. She's great. Gave me this cool white hair. Uh,
1: yeah. Your hair is cool and white. Thank you. It's all thanks to Randy. All right. So we won't always batch record this ahead of time. Uh, I've just been very anxious about releasing the podcast and then suddenly having a deadline for when we need to have the next one ready by. Sound editing is super slow still. Um, But you're doing a great job. Thank you. But it's very slow. And you know what? I don't really need a bunch of deadlines to give me pressure in my life. Yeah, but that's when we do our best work. Sometimes. It can go either way, really. (laughs) But yeah, I do work well under pressure. But it's also a maladaptive strategy to replace dopamine with stress. Probably not the
0: best way to go about it, but it does work sometimes.
1: But also turns out when you care about something and it's like your own and you get to be creative with it and work on it because you like it. You're much more motivated to do it. And so I don't need to use stress as my motivator as much.
0: Are you saying when you're not like a slave to capitalism, you work better? Yeah, believe it or not. You like actually enjoy what you do?
1: Yeah. It's like I don't need to force myself to sit down and do 10 minutes of work. Nice. Nice. It's crazy how that works. The ADHD brain is wired for interest, not importance. Mm. So you can tell me something is important and I do not care. Yep. It has to be interesting to me. <laughs> so I've been listening back to our the first episode over and over again as I'm editing for a thousand hours, and I realized that Kristen, you and I have talked a lot about the different barriers to getting an ADHD diagnosis. That yeah, are,
0: there's a couple.
1: It's quite a few. We are planning to go into more detail about that in episode one, but the episode was already getting insanely long as we do. And so we decided to save that topic for a deeper discussion on a later episode so we can do it justice. Yes. So in that episode one, we did quickly mention the Im- imbalance in ADHD diagnoses for boys compared to girls. It's about a 7 to 1 ratio for boys to girls when it should be a 1 to 1. That is insane. Right? That is crazy. Yeah. 7 to 1. 7 to 1. When it affects all the genders the same. We also briefly touched upon the financial barriers to getting a diagnosis as well. But I just want to make sure that we also mention... That in addition to those barriers, there is also a huge imbalance in white children getting an ADHD diagnosis and treatment compared to the BIPOC community, especially for black and Latino children. I found some great articles on Attitude Magazine's website that go into this topic and provide some studies. I can link those articles in the show notes. One of these articles is called Children Left Behind by Devin Fry, and in this article, he references the work of Paul Morgan, Ph.D., who is a professor of education and director of the Center for Educational Disparities Research at Pennsylvania State University. And I wanted to just read this quick quote because the numbers are really impactful, and provide a pretty good picture of just how extreme this imbalance is. Let's hear it. It says, quote, Morgan conducted a well-regarded 2013 study that looked at more than 17,000 U.S. children. By the time the study's subjects reached 8th grade, African-American children were 69% less likely and Latino children 50% less likely to receive an ADHD diagnosis than their white counterparts. Oh, my God. I know. It was huge. This is... And then in a follow-up study in 2014, they found that the disparity actually started even earlier than that. Before they even entered kindergarten, African-American children were 70% less likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than white children. And children whose primary language was something other than English, a group that includes many Latino children, were similarly underdiagnosed, end quote.
0: So what I'm taking from that is basically when someone has, you know, basically is displaying symptoms of ADHD... If you're white, they're like, oh, like, we should get you help and maybe see a psychiatrist and maybe you should get, you know, go to have the parents go to therapy so they can learn how to treat their children. And, you know, African-American children and Latino children are like, it's a behavior problem. Put him in detention. Suspend him even though he's in kindergarten. That's awful.
1: Exactly. Obviously, there are many reasons for this imbalance, but the overarching one obviously is ding, 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 racism. Big surprise. Wow. What? Racism in America? Oh my goodness. No way. Get out of town. (laughs) Um, ADHD has historically been studied on pretty much exclusively white boys. So any child that doesn't fit that description is already being left out of the conversation from the very beginning. Black children in particular are punished more often and more severely for behaviors in school compared to white children. The school-to-prison pipeline starts incredibly young, so even me being able to talk about my ADHD behaviors growing up in this kind of jokey, cutesy way is a privilege that children of color often aren't afforded.
0: And there's obviously a rampant systemic racism in the medical field and psychiatry, so it's much more difficult to get an ADHD diagnosis and to have a doctor believe you and listen to you if you're BIPOC even as an adult. And then if you're a black
1: and a woman, forget about it. We have so much more to say on this topic, but we want to save it for an episode where we can go more in depth because there are so many barriers to getting an ADHD diagnosis and treatment. So it's really important to talk about. ADHDers have a shorter lifespan of an average of 13 years. Oh my god. 13. Oh my god. Which is crazy. I didn't know that. Yep. Compared to the neurotypical population. So it can literally save your life to know this about yourself and access treatment. And it's crucial that there is equity in that access. Shall we get into our little ADHD accomplishments? Yes! Let's do it. Little accomplishments but big in our
0: hearts. I like this segment. It makes me happy, especially coming off like something that's a little heavy. We'll balance it out. Yeah. Once again, this segment highlights the little things we do to get through the day with our
1: ADHD. Grace, would you like to go first? Sure. So you know those two gifts that I was saying I've been meaning to buy for a year and a half now? Yeah. And I keep moving them over to my next to-do list every single day? Sure. I finally made some executive decisions and I sent them. Whoa. There you go. One has arrived already, and she loved it. What's up, Tori? Nice. And for the other one, I got a message from the Etsy shop where I bought it that just says, thank you for your purchase. One of these days, I will start making your order. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it's coming from Europe, and I'm not sure of the exact location. It just says Europe. (laughs) So I don't know if the expression one of these days is different where this maker is from. Yeah. But to or me, maybe they're just like so overloaded. They're like,
0: listen, it's going to be a while.
1: Yeah. To me, it sounds like he'll just kind of get to it whenever he feels
0: like it. Which, maybe this person also has ADHD and they're just going through a slump. I don't know. But
1: one of these days <laughs> isn't a specific timeline. It doesn't feel very two to three weeks to me. Yeah. But I it sounds like it. two to three months. Either way, I sent them or... They are in the process of being sent, hopefully. Okay. Um, and I got to cross out possibly my longest standing to-do list items of all time. Nice. Woo-hoo. Proud of you. Thank you. That's great. All right, Kristen,
0: what's your little accomplishment? I've taken my well, my daily inhaler uh, about three times this week, and I'm proud of myself. Because this is something I do not do. I'm pretty sure I have like non-compliant listed in my chart because I don't take my inhaler, and it's kind of every time I have to go to the doctor's office, they're like, "You need to take this. Why aren't you taking this? Blah, blah, blah. You got is Isn't it important?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm coughing a bunch, and now that the weather's transitioning, my asthma is really bad. So yeah, so I did it three times this week, and that's the most it's been done Woo-hoo. since uh, probably in like a couple years. So. job Um, you know what it's not perfect but we're getting there asthma club yeah i think you know what they're always like what is what is the barrier to you taking your inhaler and i'm like well it's just a lot of steps and and you wouldn't think it's a lot of steps because it's like just take your inhaler but no you gotta take a breath you gotta hold your breath you gotta blow it out wait a hot sec and then take do the whole thing over again and then, most importantly, for those of you who take steroidal inhalers, you got to wash your mouth out so you don't get a giant yeast infection in your mouth.
1: Oh, that happened to Jake. He got a yeast oh, infection yeah. on his uvula. Uh,
0: I've <laughs> seen it on a kid once. It's like, ugh, uh, so disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. It's not good. That uh, Yeah. Sorry for name dropping you, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going to know about your uvula. That's <laughs> so embarrassing for yeah. you. <laughs> But yeah, that's like the most important. So it's like a lot of little steps. And, you know, it might seem like it's just one task, but it's like five mini tasks into one task. And I can't just like... Take it in the car with me or something because I have to wash my mouth out. You know, and you like, also
1: might pass out if you're trying to yeah, do it while you're d- driving. <laughs> one <laughs> hand on the wheel, one
0: hand on the inhaler. Yeah, this is this is why we have like 13 years less than the regular
1: person. Yes, literally, yeah. car accidents are one of the biggest causes and of just death like, for ADHDers. Off the road.
0: Yep, I don't make it to work. But at least you took your, <laughs> your inhaler. Yeah. But yay, accomplish something. Woo-hoo, Good woo. job.
1: Yay, go us. All right, now we will. Sorry, I'm just getting my kazoo out. <laughs> Unpack your... Oh, you guys hear that zipper? Yeah, it's it's a
0: zipper. Wait, wait.
1: Oh, that's a good noise. That's Kristen's little personal kazoo carrying pouch. Guys, I stepped up my game and I got a nice kazoo by Blue Kazoo. You're, it's really, not... you're really going to hear the difference. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thing is, it's not actually blue. It's like silver, but I figured if I'm kazooing more often, I want to buy a fancy one. Whoa, yeah, I just wanted to be up. better than everybody else <laughs> in the studio and just have a really nice kazoo. All right.
1: Some people call me spacey. Some people call me fun, but I'm just quirky. Ooh. You hear that difference?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I really like heard it.
1: It's like night night and day. day. (laughs) We are on the same page today.
0: Wait, let me just... Okay. Enjoy that
1: little free ASMR. (laughs) All right. This is I'm So Quirky. Quick reminder, this is the segment where we talk about two fun and or silly things that we do that are semi-related to our ADHD, and then one thing that is mildly detrimental. Kristen, you are up first. Okay,
0: so... I named one of my plants Jesus, one of my bonsais, Jesus, because it's come back from the dead more than once. Um, he has risen. Yeah. <laughs> There's a rooster-shaped lamp in my apartment, and sometimes my executive function is so bad that I become overwhelmed by all the things I have to do and which ones I need to do first that I cry uncontrollably for about an hour, and then I don't have the energy to do any of the things, so I don't, and then I cry even more because I didn't do any of the things,
1: I'm so quirky. You're so quirky. So quirky. All right. I have had three pet snakes as an adult, one of whom was a ball python and whom I gave to a child in Oregon before nice. we moved back to the East Coast. That's a good gift. Hey, Torman, I hope you're doing well. Tormund. I know you're listening. <laughs> I refused to wear hard pants until sixth grade. <laughs>
0: we what are hard pants? They're
1: jeans, hard so, pants. <laughs> I only wanted to wear soft pants, and I still do. You know what? <laughs>
0: Yep. Wait. What does that make corduroys? Hard pants. Okay. The hardest pants. The hardest, pants. arguably harder right? pants. Yeah. You've got hard pants. You got soft pants, hard pants, and harder pants. Yeah. Okay.
1: Hardest pants. What would the hardest pants be?
0: I would say like a wool trouser, but wool's actually kind of soft. What
1: about a very stiff dungaree? What
0: if What if you starched your jeans? Oh, though you're right. Those are like you'd hardest like walk pants. around
1: like Gumby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. and um, my third one is I have an auditory processing disorder, and I'm trying to be the sound engineer for the podcast. So, needless to say, I am having a difficult time, and it takes me about ten times longer than it should because of that disorder. I'm so quirky. You're so quirky. Just a fun little quirk I have. Quirk. (laughs) All right. After the break, we will hit you back with some sweet jams from hobby collectors. Hold on tight. these are the collectors and these are their hobbies
0: this segment's called hobby collectors and i know you guys were all riveted by my um, not so many seminar on bonsai last episode but grace maybe you can tell us a little bit about a hobby that's a little bit more adhd friendly
1: i will try all right. For my hobby collectors, I am going to be covering cross-stitching and needle pointing today. I've had quite a few people ask me about this and ask me kind of how to get into it. So hopefully this is helpful. So this hobby is one that is near and dear to my heart. I taught myself how to do it in Oregon while I was having a really hard time at my SLP job, and I needed something creative to help me escape the mundaneness of day-to-day life. Nice. Yep. I just lost all the drive and dopamine to keep needle pointing last year after three years of doing it really, really solidly. It was my thing. It was your thing. Yeah, I'm really bummed about it. I just, for some reason, I can't get back into it. you're burnt out. I'm burnt out. So hopefully I can get some of you into it and I can help you avoid the same fate. Quick little history that I actually didn't know. Hit us with that hobby history. (laughs) According to the (laughs) (laughs) needlepointsupplier.com, needlework has been around almost as long as humans have clothed themselves. It goes back at least as far as the ancient Egyptians, which I just learned, who used small slanted stitches to sew their tents. In 13th century Europe, a form of embroidery was done on coarsely woven linen fabric similar to canvas mesh. Needlepoint, as it's known today, originated in the 17th century when the fashion for furniture upholstered with embroidered fabrics prompted the development of a more durable material to serve as the embroidery's foundation. So I want to start by going over the difference between needlepoint and cross-stitch, because that was something that was always pretty confusing to me before I I started. I thought they were the same thing. They are two subsets of embroidery. Okay. Embroidery is like the umbrella term for needlework. And then within embroidery, there are different types of techniques, two of which are cross-stitch and needlepoint. Okay. Cross-stitch is the less involved one out of the two. It's done on gridded cloth by following a pattern, and you mostly are making X-shaped stitches, hence the name cross-stitch. Got it, got it, got it. Needlepoint is done on woven fabrics and canvas. It's much more involved than cross-stitch. You can follow a design or do more freeform, and there are many different types of stitches used. Basically, there's just much more variety in what you can do and how intricate you want to get with it. Neat. I started with cross-stitch. If you're trying to get into this, I would recommend starting with cross stitch. It was a really good way to learn. It's pretty simple. You can get pretty decent at it pretty quickly, so it's really rewarding. Um, It's pretty straightforward. And because you're mostly making X's and half X's with your thread, you don't really need to learn a ton of crazy stitches right away.
0: Is a half X just like a slant? Yeah, it's just a line.
1: Okay. What you actually need to get started, obviously we tend to want to buy a bunch of fun supplies up front when we get into a new hobby. It's hard to avoid. I fell into this fate, but hopefully I can help you avoid buying too many unnecessary things. I will at least try. For both cross-stitch and needlepoint, you can buy a kit that'll have all the materials you need to get started, but often those use pretty cheap thread, and the thread quality will be a main thing that you care about. There's pros and cons, but you can really put together a kit yourself, and it'll have everything you need, and then it won't have any extra You'll need some hoops. I didn't realize for the longest time that it's much easier to do needlework on one of those plastic hoops that can clamp down really solidly on the fabric to hold it in place so it doesn't shift around. They have really serious ones that have like a bolt and a wing nut so you can really clamp oh, are it down. those like the wooden big circular hoops? They're usually like a thick plastic. Oh. I use the little wooden ones that I used to frame them. I was yeah. using that to needlepoint on when I first started, but they're just like much slipperier and you have to like tighten it up more. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. So you can use those. It's I mean, I did it for, you know, the first probably year and a half. It's totally fine. It's just more annoying to deal with, but they're also like 2 or $3, so they're much more affordable. You'll also need some cute little thread scissors. Mine look like a little golden snitch. You'll want to get a fabric marker to mark out your patterns and designs on your fabric. I ordered mine online and they're water dissolvable. So when I wash a piece of fabric, when I wash my piece, when I'm finished with it, all the markings come off. For fabric, if you're doing cross stitch, they have cross stitch specific gridded cloth called Ada that you can find at craft stores. It's usually like rolled up in a little tube. And there are different sizes and colors to choose from. The count refers to how tightly woven the fabric is from a 6 to 22 count usually. Whoa. So the higher the count, the smaller the squares will be. And 12 to 14 is a good count to start with. It'll be easier to see and you'll make more progress quickly. So that's very motivating. For needlepoint, you can use Ada cloth, but you can also use canvas and cotton and linen fabrics. I was always really bad at paying attention to which fabrics I should use. So I recommend doing some research on this if you want to learn how to do it properly. Believe it or not, I never took any formal classes or even had anyone teach me the proper way. I'm a very scrappy needle pointer. Did you just
0: do like a bunch of YouTube research and you're like, who like told you about this? They're like, yo, you got to get into this.
1: I kind of just decided to start doing it. I just, I don't know. I wanted, I needed something to keep me sane, something to do with my hands. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just started going on Pinterest and learning about cross So you'll also need thread obviously. DMC is the gold standard. I'm sure there are other kinds too but no matter what you use it should be a six strand which DMC is. You can make your stitches thicker or thinner depending on how many of those strands you use at once so it's really important to be able to separate the strands. You can pick some colors that you like individually or you can buy a pack of colors. It's probably best to have a starting pattern in mind so you can choose your colors based on that. But it also doesn't have to match the pattern exactly, and you can get creative with your colors, and you'll also want to practice a bit before starting on a pattern, so get some practice colors too. When it comes to patterns, always, always pay artists for their work. Please don't steal patterns. There are tons of great ones on Etsy, and they're usually only a few dollars, or you can get a book of patterns. You can also make your own patterns and find some free ones online, but it takes a lot of work to design those patterns, and the creators deserve to get paid for it. It's also nice to have a little thread storage box. You can get a simple plastic one and some bobbins, uh which are those little square doodads that you wrap thread around. okay. I was just about to you know what my mom says a lot
0: and she's gonna be ashamed of me that I don't know what a bobbin is, but continue. Oh. I and now that you've described it, I know what it is. You'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll forget tomorrow.
1: Bobbin Fisher. Where Bobby is fishy? Fish- <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Fishy? Bobby <laughs> fishy so stupid Kristen! (laughs) i said it first the whole thing is stupid as tedious and time consuming as it is to wrap all of your thread on bobbins trust me when i say that it'll save you a huge headache and it'll stop you from wasting a ton of thread down the line when it inevitably gets into a huge tangled rat king and you have to throw it all away or try to detangle it yeah you don't want a thread rat king i didn't know that was a proper term It's not. Oh (laughs) Do you know what a rat king is? Like the king of the rats? No, dude. It's when a bunch of rats down in a sewer get all their tails tangled together and they they all get it's a real thing. Look it up, guys. Look it it up if you want to be horrified. (laughs) Thing. Yeah, dude. Are you kidding? They all get tied up. How do they get up. their tails together? They all because their tails are long and they can all get like tangled up. And I'm sure it's like gooky down there. And then they're all like tugging to go in different directions to get out of this rat king. And so then it makes it tighter and tighter. That sounds awful. Yeah, and then they pretty much are either like traveling as one big ball of rats, <laughs> and they obviously like die. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I can't believe you've never heard of a rat king. <laughs> it's an official needle pointing term. <laughs> I told you guys I'm really good I, at technique. Oh my
0: god. I Terminology. Didn't know that was a thing. I'm like,
1: oh, that's so disturbing. You now look it up right now.
0: I've, I don't know if I want to. You do.
1: Yeah, check it out, Rat King.
0: Oh my god. Look at oh. that. Oh,
1: it's horrifying. Oh, no. Yeah, good stuff. Oh. So that'll happen to your thread. I <laughs> Well, I've learned something today. Yeah, you know what? This podcast yeah. is all about learning. <laughs> and I think this is a great opportunity for it. I had no idea. All right, anyway, <laughs> back to needlepointing. <laughs>
0: I literally thought you meant like a rat and he's like- The king sub- of the rats? Yeah, he's got subjects <laughs> and like they pay him taxes and stuff. <laughs> they
1: don't pay him, he takes them. He takes the taxes. Okay. No, it's way worse than that. Definitely. Yeah. I
0: think I would rather pay taxes.
1: I... Then be stuck in a rat king?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do pay taxes. How
1: about that? Anyway. And you're not sucking a rat cube. Uh, yeah. It's, so uh, I would take win-win. this life over yeah. that.
0: <laughs> Anyways, sorry, uh, guys. I can't. I'm like, uh, oh, now I'm supposed to focus on you
1: <laughs> pointing that now that I know that that's a thing. Oh. Just a little uh, detour we took there. Okay. All right. Anyways, the last All thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm still having a hard time
0: transitioning. Should we do a transition to sound? Yeah, sure. Let's uh, just do a little transition.
1: Right transition. All right. I feel better. All right. Good. Okay. All right. So, the last things you'll need are needles and a threader. I recommend looking up proper needle size for the fabric and the count that you'll be using and for how thick you want your thread to be. This is another thing I haven't always been great about doing properly. And it really sucks to have a needle that's too big for your fabric count or a needle eye that's too small for how many strands of thread you're trying to fit in there. You'll really be mashing and tugging your way through. (laughs) A sturdy threader is also really important, especially if you are a masher and tugger, like I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's so many new terms. Yeah, mashing
1: and tugging are two very (laughs) specific, important needlepoint terms. (laughs) There's going to be a dictionary out there. I'll make one. Rat king. Rat king. Masher. Tugger. Masher.
0: Tugger. (laughs)
1: bobbin bobbin except that's legitimately a term. yeah but
0: like i think it should still go in the book we'll
1: do bob and fisher, bob and fisher. where is he i don't know i don't know <laughs> and the last thing you can get is a fun little pin cushion Ooh. or something to store your needles they can usually fit inside your little thread organizer just don't use the arm of the couch or they will get lost in there and your husband will get mad when he finds them for some reason <laughs> No idea why. I think for materials, that's all you need to get started. I mostly used Pinterest and YouTube to learn um, techniques and stitches. I You can learn anything
0: on YouTube.
1: I know, really. I really just pretty much kind of patched things together and taught myself. I tried getting a book, but I really need to see it done in video form or in person in order for my brain to really understand what's happening. But you could definitely learn from a book or take a class if you want, but you could also just teach yourself. So is this a good hobby for ADHDers and how to avoid burnout? This is the burning question. It is the burnout question. <laughs> I would say that this is a great hobby for ADHDers. You can advance really quickly. You can get really creative with it. There's lots of different things you can do with it. It's soothing and rhythmic, and it gives you something to do with your hands. It utilizes our hyper focus. I could really just lose myself in, in the needle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, plus, it's a great thing to do while watching a show that you're half paying attention to, which, come on, you're doing anyways, or listening to a podcast or a book. kind of gives you something to do. To avoid burnout, I recommend starting simple. Don't try to do too much too fast and get ahead of yourself, which is, I know is easier said than done. There are so many types of stitches to learn and infinite possibilities for what you can make. So one of my big problems was that I was always wanting to learn something new and more challenging rather than just practicing for a while and making things at my level, which, hello, the ADHD dilemma. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't just like be where I am. I have to always be. I have to be the best. I have to be doing more. I need to be great at this immediately. <laughs> I advanced really quickly in what I was making and the types of stitches I was doing, but then I would inevitably hit a wall and start to lose motivation because I was trying to do stuff beyond my skill level and wanting it to be perfect immediately for some reason and then getting really frustrated because I wasn't a professional needle pointer immediately. What? Is, yeah. So <laughs> I would... You didn't
0: immediately become the best, a thing you've never done before? Nope, I
1: didn't. And oh. So I said, screw this. Screw it.
0: Don't no, I that I, anyway.
1: I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I would like learn a stitch and really like it and then be like, all right, what's the next one? Instead of just like making some stuff with that stitch. So yeah, that definitely burnt me out a bit. And then I wasn't finishing pieces because I was just like wanting to learn more techniques. So I wasn't really getting that dopamine from like having cool little projects done. I also don't recommend trying to sell them too quickly or taking commission pieces. I realize now that I loved making my own stuff and having people admire my weird ideas and once I started making them as commission pieces, they kind of became an assignment that I had to complete, which took a lot of the fun out of it. My final piece that did me in was a piece for my friend Kylie, which I feel endlessly guilty about and I need to finish, but I just cannot make myself. Mm. I stupidly decided to make all six of my bridesmaids' needle points of their pets as bridesmaids' gifts. which took- I loved mine. Oh, I'm glad. I still have it. Good. Stickers. I so. Took me a long
0: ass time. Yeah, it was, it's, yeah was, there's a lot of work in it. I also like the one that you've made me that said Send Nudes, and it was N-O-O-D-S, and then it had a little bowl of noodles. (laughs) <laughs> it's so great
1: that was one of my first ones oh it's perfect we'll post some of these on the weirds of a feather Instagram if you want to check them out mm. so these bridesmaid gifts took me forever and should not have been what I was focusing on right before my wedding that I still yeah, maybe hadn't, like had fully planned, on the planned wedding. for <laughs> yeah plan but the wedding maybe not this way I could distract myself and get to pretend that it wasn't happening <laughs> not that I didn't want the wedding <laughs> to happen I didn't want the planning she to didn't happen. want to get
0: married yeah it's I a was, false marriage I was no. dreading
1: it Ah. Of course, I only finished four of the needle points before the wedding. Kylie was my sixth. I started tracing her dog. It looked insane. Sorry, Eloise. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided, you know what? Since Kylie's is getting made last, I should make her something really special. And I decided to make her a needle point of her and her husband, Chris, on their wedding day instead, which sounds really nice, but it was a big undertaking. That's
0: That's a big thing.
1: Yeah. I couldn't get the hair right, and then COVID hit, and I really couldn't get the right colors because everything shut down. And I had planned to do something really intricate for the lace of her dress. And it felt really overwhelming. So I really just set myself up for failure. So I hit a big roadblock back in March of 2020. And I haven't picked it up since. And I used to needlepoint pretty much every single day. So that's a really big bummer. It sounds like you got burnt out. I did. Yeah. So avoid my mistakes because that sucks. And I really wish I would get back into it. But you know what? I'm holding out hope that one day I will. I should really get Kylie something else instead. Sorry, Kylie. But I'm determined to finish it. So maybe if any listeners decide to try out needlepoint or cross stitch, maybe you guys will inspire me to get back into it. Maybe. Send in your needle points. Yeah. If you start needlepoint, if you start any of these hobbies, even if it's the ugliest needlepoint there's ever been, I want to see this. Yes, absolutely. If anything, I want to see it more yeah. if it's the ugliest needlepoint that's ever been, because that's impressive. How many people can say that? Yeah. They made the ugliest needlepoint to ever exist. Little that's accomplishment. Accompli- yeah. <laughs> taking <but laughs> <egging laughs> our hearts. <laughs> All right. And that was my hobby collector. So I hope
0: some of you out there collect that hobby. I would say for me personally, because I have to make everything about myself. Um, <laughs> please. Please do. I'm not saying you haven't inspired me to do it. I'm just saying I have a lot of other hobbies that I'm going to do before I take on needle pointing.
1: That's okay. You know, But I'm it seems into- cool.
0: It is cool. It's very cool. <laughs> I like the one you did. One where some it was like a girl who had like space buns and long hair,
1: Ooh, or yeah. something
0: like that. She had like a bun or something, and the way you did the hair that was really cool.
1: Yeah, doing like three D hair was really fun.
0: Three D needlepoint, needlepoint like you've never seen before,
1: <laughs> Coming at you from okay. out of the fabric. Whoa, That's like it's right here, <laughs> and I can tell by the way we're talking that it's time for alternative segments. Alternative segments. <laughs>
0: I've got an alternative segment. Play it on me. Yeah, it's called Living Off the Land. And this is something I do probably on a, I would say, daily basis. Does it have to do with farming? No. Does it have to do with survival? A little bit. Planning ahead, not my thing. Everybody knows this. Wow. Uh Cooking, also not my thing. Even more people know this. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to feeding myself... I I have two strategies. One, I make everything. I take a day. I go to the grocery store. I buy everything. I make everything all at once. I, like, hyper-focus on the cooking. And then I eat that for the week. Breakfast. Not breakfast, but probably lunch, dinner for the week. Smart. Until I run out. Smart. When I don't do that, because that takes, like, a lot of, like, mental energy and whatnot, I do something called living off the land and it's (laughs) It's a great term. It's you don't go to the grocery store. You look to see whatever you have in your fridge, cabinet, pantry, you put it together and you eat it. You got a half eaten bag of frozen peas that's been in your freezer for a year and a freezer burnt Morningstar black bean burger. You got peas and burgers for dinner. So there you go. <laughs> that
1: classic meal of yeah, peas and classic burgers. Classic
0: combination of peas and burgers. <laughs> but that's the thing. It doesn't have to go together. It doesn't have to be a proper meal. It's just it's just gonna be sustenance, you know? And I would say, if you want to get fancy with living off the land, just add sriracha to anything, and maybe some garlic salt, and then you got you got yourself a meal. Ooh. you know. Mm. The other night, I did some living off the land. I looked at my i I was on call. I didn't feel like going to the grocery store. I was tired. I had two eggs, two apples, and a bunch of peanut butter, and that was my dinner, and it was fantastic. Oh. And and I cleaned out my fridge because I had to eat those two eggs. So they were like they weren't bad, but they I'm like I got to eat these before I buy more eggs. You know. And did I avoid going to the grocery store? Yeah. Did I eat some things in my fridge that I need to be eating? Yeah. Was this a dinner that Susan, Grace's nutritionist mom, would approve of? No. But did it work? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Living off the land. And there's certain things in my fridge I stock up on to help live off the land. I know, Grace, you're also not a huge meal person.
1: That's putting it nicely. Uh, I never make meals, ever.
0: (laughs) So there's certain things that you could buy, I would say, that, you know, they're cheap, they're easy, they're storable. Those are the big things. Rice goes with everything. Just add rice if needed. Um, I don't have a rice cooker, so what I do is there's these, like, ready in 90 seconds bags. And I probably go through two of those bags a week mixing them with different things or just eating one with soy sauce and a spoon or something you know it doesn't have to be right just has to work for the time being exactly every person on Noom is like how dare you and there's gonna be I'm gonna get a lot of backlash here well Um, you know
1: what Noom is not great and I know I did Noom for a little bit have an eating disorder
0: I had so much anxiety on Noom
1: and you know what if it works for you great if it doesn't Get off there. There's a reason why. Yeah, <laughs> it <because> it's essentially <laughs> it's professional eating disorder.
0: Diet culture. But anyway, here's another one: black beans, canned black beans. You uh, pair them with the rice, you get a burrito bowl, kind of. Um, <laughs> rice and beans. Rice and beans. There you go. It lasts a long time. You can store it forever. It doesn't take up space in the fridge. If you're like, I know it's like if you have roommates and you know fridge space is kind of like key. Doesn't take up space in the fridge. You know. Mm. Store that. Smart. Cheap. Great. Another one, frozen vegetables. And I know usually they just sit in the fridge forever until they get a lot of freezer burn. But get those. Get something you like. Even like they have those steam bags, you just put them in the microwave. Mm. You have veggies. Boom. That's a nice easy one. That's a good easy one. I like the broccoli
1: with cheddar. Ooh, that's
0: that's a good one. I they also have they're like cauliflower pastas yeah those I love are really good because you're like it's a vegetable
1: <laughs> but then they're like
0: 2.5 servings on the bag I go this is like a half meal for me
1: yeah but I could slam like four of yeah those. easily
0: easily but you know it's still a good thing speaking of pastas pastas stock up you know even if you just if you don't have sauce that's fine just use butter olive oil Get oh, some butter cheese. noodles are butter classic. Butter noodles. Yep. Oh, they're so good. tried and true. And then a little offshoot, what I've been doing recently when I want to get fancy or not, is <laughs> <laughs> ramen noodles. And I know everybody's like, that's like a college thing. You're 30. But, like, man, noodles, ramen is so good. And I love ramen noodles. And, you know, sometimes I just eat ramen noodles, like, as directed, I would say. But if I have the time and if I have the dopamine and I want to be fancy... Get a little bit of baby bok choy. DJ baby bok choy. Or regular bok choy. Whatever you can find. Some sort of bok choy. You get a little scallions. You get a hard-boiled egg. You put them all together. Now you got fancy ramen. Now you got a full-on meal. Look at you. you fancy. It's great. Add a little uh, garlic chili paste. Mm. Ah, Chef kiss. You can't (laughs) see me, but I'm doing a chef kiss. She is. It's great. Another thing that helps me is I actually live above an Italian restaurant, so that's always an option. (laughs) (laughs) Really living off the land there. I'm like changing out of my scrubs in the locker room, putting in my order on the phone, and the nurses make fun of me. And then I... That's a luxury, baby. I know. And I'm like, they're like, you want to pick up? I'm like, I'm ready. And I just, by the time I put my scrubs in the little scrub machine, walk to my car, and drive and park, it's ready. It's fantastic. Very good idea. Shout out to Da Vinci's. It's great food. The garlic knots. Oh, they're good. But yeah, that's my living off the land. You know, life is hard. We don't all aren't professional chefs, but if you can do little things to make it easy on yourself, that's totally cool. Do what you can. Planning is hard. Planning meals are Ooh, that hard. That could be a
1: little theme song. Live off the land. Do what you can.
0: Oh, okay. It just rhymes. We're gonna have to come back to this one. Live off, off the land. land. Do what you can. Um, some people may call this depression meals, and you know. <laughs> Sometimes they're right, but I would like, I take pride in living off the land. One, it cleans out your freezer. Two, you get creative. Get creative with it. You know, what can you do to make this edible? send us your picks i would love to see someone's
1: oh yeah if you have any other good like staples yes. for adhd or right? living off the land let us know Hit grace us i know
0: you do a lot of uh, cheese sticks and hard boiled eggs those i have
1: probably th- eaten a cheese stick every single day of my life for the last 15 years at least <laughs>
0: that's staple that is wow i'm yep. gonna have to like put stock in cheese sticks
1: and hbe's hard boiled eggs <laughs> can't go wrong Slam <laughs> gotta them down. get those
0: hbe's the thing about hbe's you can put them in salad you can put them in ramen you can eat them regular. You could choke them back with some water and make yeah, yourself eat them. Okay. It. <laughs> or just re- eat them regularly. Like, you don't have to choke them back. Yeah, you could
1: enjoy it. Yeah. If you want Savor it. I also it's... like smoothies. I'm a big fan of putting spinach in smoothies. So then I get my veggies for the day because I don't like the texture of vegetables. I, I drink them. don't have a blender. Is that a weird thing that I don't have a
0: blender? I it's I neutral. Can... I don't have a toaster either. What? I know. That I have a problem okay. with. <laughs> Is one I haven't thing. had a toaster in years. If I want to make toast, I um, don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend's trying to teach me how to use the broiler on the stove to make toast. I tried to make it, I burn the shit out of my
1: toast. <laughs> it was. If only there was some type of small machine <laughs> that could make it perfectly for I you. Just, I
0: just feel like it's a lot of unnecessary counter space. I only toast like once or twice. Every few months. That's because you don't have a toaster. I guess If you got so. a toaster,
1: you would increase the amount of toast you ate. I guess, I
0: guess so. Well, you know what I d- like to do with toast is this is what we used to do when we go camping. You get the butter and you butter each side uh, and yeah. then you fry it up. Uh, and then it's like fried. It's got extra butter. It's melty. Ooh, that's the best way to have toast. Mm. Melty toast. Melty
1: toast. <laughs> And that has been toast talk. <laughs> <laughs> Come back next week when we
0: talk about Pumpernickel. <laughs>
1: Ooh, you don't want to miss that. Big stuff's happening here at Woof. All right, shall we get into our final segment? I'm so ready. I'm I'm a little
0: nervous for my pizza secret, but I'm I'm ready.
1: That's all right. You can be vulnerable. Okay. Pizza secrets, tell me your secrets. Pizza secrets. <laughs> It'll we'll never stop being funny. Uh, it's stuck in
0: my head all the time. <laughs> I want to make a disclaimer. All right. Before I say this pizza secret, I would say, one, this is exactly what a pizza secret is. Yeah. This is, this is a I would say, the archetype of pizza secrets. Ooh. But also, I do feel really bad about this because it was kind of an asshole moment of me.
1: Yeah, you don't have to message us and tell us that we're assholes. We know. I know I'm an asshole. I know. know. That's the point of pizza secrets. That's the secrets. whole thing. I know, I know I know it's done. a shitty
0: thing. I know it's a shitty thing. I know it's a but this is a pizza secret. Guys, give us a break. We know. I know. This was this is a bad one. It's not like a crime, but it's just <laughs> shitty.
1: <laughs> all right. Let's hear it. All right. It.
0: One time in college I had a roommate who she had been a vegetarian for like years and we would do like one person would make meals for the group every once in a while. You know, everybody would chip in and one person would make all the things every once in a while. And I made the meal, and I, I don't even remember what I made, but I know that I used chicken broth in the meal. And I totally wasn't thinking, because I forget about, I everything else was vegetarian except for the chicken broth, you know. And she just grabs a bowl, takes a big bite, and it's just like right as she takes the first bite, I just go, oh, fuck. No. No. <laughs> and then I made a decision. I was like, I could either tell her and get yelled at, or I could just not tell her and let her enjoy her meal. <laughs> and that's what I did. I just watched her eat that whole thing, <laughs> knowing that I had chicken broth in it, and I felt bad. But I was like, I, I don't want to get yelled at. It's just kind of mean. And every bite, it gets worse and worse. Right. And then I've just held on to this for years, knowing that I was like, she's a vegetarian, she thinks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and... Yeah, that's, like, barely not vegetarian. Barely
0: not vegetarian. It's chicken broth. But, like, I know it was a bad thing. I should have told her. I know it was shitty.
1: but Yeah, but after, like, a few bites, secret. there's no going
0: back. Right? She was
1: already, like, it was already, she swallowed. <laughs> that's the point of no
0: return. Once you swallow, I was like, point I no can't. Return. Like, what is she going to do? Vomit it back up? She's already, and you know what? Give She's... her Ipecac like a dog. Right. She, <laughs> She doesn't know. She's living her best life. Maybe she's not. She's not to this. Uh, yeah, she's not gonna listen to this. No, she doesn't like us. She does not like us. Um, <laughs> she does not care about us. I and wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a shitty thing, but it was my pizza secret.
1: Pizza secret. <laughs> Grace, right, do you
0: Care my, to share
1: my little pizza secret? It's not quite as bad, but I don't know. I guess I feel a little guilty about it, but that was a long time ago. So in third grade, I sat at a table pod unit, clump. I sat at a table clump. I I would call it a clump. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I like it. Clump feels right. Yep. I sat at a table clump with Haley, a friend of the pod, and then two boys, Justin and Brad. The boys wanted to build a big domino line across all four of our desks within this little desk clump. So our teacher, Mrs. Ayers, asked me and Haley if we could sit very still and not shake our desks so they wouldn't topple over. Both said yes, but obviously I couldn't comply with this because of who I am and have always been a I know where this is going. Always been a little shit. So uh, when Mrs. Ayers wasn't looking, I knocked the leg of my desk with my knee under the table and sure enough, the whole thing fell over and Mrs. Ayers (laughs) took me out in the hall and had a talk with me and I lied to her face. My favorite teacher I have ever had (laughs) said it was an accident. It definitely was not. So to Mrs. Ayers, Brad and Justin, I'm sorry for lying to you. And I'm sorry you had to discover it in a pizza secret. Pizza <laughs> secret. But also, I was awarded Messiest Desk in third grade. So what do you expect from me, really? I can't believe they gave someone that award. Yeah, I know. They're like, good job. Good job. You are super messy, but we're not going to evaluate you for why right. you might be the messiest one in third grade. <laughs> also, I know that this none This isn't of you... a cry for help. Yeah. <laughs> She's just lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe know. if she worked harder. Yeah, it was a fun little quirk of mine. <laughs> and anyways, that is my pizza, pizza secret. secret. That was great. Yeah. That was a good pizza secret. That was, you. that was funny.
0: I uh, We're both sh- kind of shitty people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but you
1: know what? I don't know. At least we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah. This is therapeutic. All right. And that uh, has been our episode it, three. That's it. This is episode three, that's guys. It, folks.
0: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Leave some reviews. We read them, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, you can find us at Weirds of a Feather on Instagram and TikTok. And you can email us if you have any good pizza secrets or little accomplishments or whatever. You just want to say hi.
0: You want to say hi? You want to tell us about something that you did? Did you live off the land today? Ooh. I want to know about it. Yeah.
1: That's at Weirds of a at gmail.com. You can subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Oh, is that one was I another one. That's the other on. one. Yep, that's it. I don't know what that is, but I'm about to find out. It's a podcast platform. There we go. And yeah, subscribe and leave us reviews. It helps us out. And we will talk to you next week. All right. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. That was aggressive. <laughs> that was so